0: Thank you, Julie. Well, when we think of Christmas, we often think of angels and stars or elves and presents or family and food, but we don't think much about kings. Don't think much about kings. We might have a picture of we three kings somewhere and uh, King Charles III will be giving his first Christmas message this year. But other than that, kings don't really feature in our Christmas traditions. Which is interesting because our first two Bible readings are readings all about a king. As I said, the first uh, reading, which you can have a look in your booklet again, is a promise from God uh, given through the prophet of Isaiah. Let's go back there and have a look. Soon. Really? Oh, that's disappointing. Have a look in your... Uh, in your uh, booklet there, which says, uh, so the, in the, uh, Isaiah reading, see where it says, for to us a child is born and to us a son is given. Well, that sounds pretty Christmassy so far, doesn't it? Then it goes on to say the government will be on his shoulders. Okay, a little bit more kingly and then skip a bit of the greatness of his government and peace. There'll be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So a king is promised. And this king will reign with righteousness and justice. So he'll be a good king. And the government he leads will bring peace forever. So this king is to be a promised great king with a good kingdom that will last forever. And then in the reading that we just heard, there's another promise from God. The angel appears to a young woman named Mary, predicting that she will give birth to a son and he'll be called Jesus. But did you hear who Jesus is going to be? Have a look at that second reading. A little way down it says, "'He will be great and be called Son of the Most High. "'The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David,' and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So what was promised in Isaiah is about to be fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the promised king, according uh, to this angel. It says, The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. That's also what was in the first reading as well. God will give him a throne, you know, the big uh, royal chair, and it's the throne of David. David was the great king of uh, God's people. And so Jesus will be a new king on God's throne for God's people. And it says his kingdom will never end. King Charles has just begun his reign. Uh, My hunch is he probably won't last as long as our previous monarch. At some point his reign will come to an end. But this king's reign will never end. He will be a forever king. And so God predicted twice, actually it's more in the Bible, but twice for today, twice that uh, a great king is about to be born. And those two uh, predictions of a king, imagine what the uh, if that's what the king is going to be, imagine what the birth will be like. The great king is about to be born, I wonder what that's going to be like. Well, uh, a little while ago I was reading uh, this book about another great king. It's a biography of Henry VIII. Henry VIII, he was one of the great kings of England back in the day. He's known for his naval conquests, his many talents, his many wars, and his many wives. Uh, And what I found interesting about uh, in this book was the circumstances around Henry's birth. Uh, So what would a future king of England have from birth? Let me read a little bit from this account. So it says, The royal child was to have a nursery apartment. Whole apartment for the for this king, consisting of two main interconnecting rooms and smaller service rooms. As you do. Uh, dominating both principal chambers were Henry's cradles, known respectively as the Great and the Little Cradles. Okay, we need a cradle. Um, and very conveniently, here's one I prepared earlier. I think I won't call this the great one. I think this will have to be the little one. And so we have a cradle. And the little cradle stood in the sleeping chamber of Henry's room apartment. It was made of painted wood and was just under four feet long. The bedding consisted of a mattress, sheets, pillows, and a rich bedspread of cloth of gold. Right, we're going to need some rich things to put in, a bedding to put in. Anyone see anything gold around the room that we could put in? Anything gold you could see? What can you see, Elise? Something on the piano, Yes. It is, uh, we'll, we'll use this as a, as a doona, a gold doona. It's just a towel, but for today, it's a, it will gold doona for the king. Anything else gold that you can see? Anything else shiny around? What can you see, Cadell? A, a gold, uh, why don't you come and, can you grab it for me? Oh, Lennox, can you grab it for me? Bring it in. A gold VCR tape. Look, it'll do, it'll do. Probably not in King Henry's time. Anything else gold or anything sparkly? You found something else, Lennox? Oh, so glad you're here. Thank you. I reckon that might be a good pillow for Henry. What do you think? we we'll use it as a pillow. Great. Thanks so much for all this gold and uh, special things in here. But it goes on. It goes on. Uh, that was a little cradle, of course. The great ca- cradle of estate, state uh, which stood in the outer chamber was even larger. But from birth, Henry had a full-time nurse. Her name was Anne Uxbridge. Uh, can I have a full-time nurse? Let me go. Uh, Elise. Come on, you come. You've got a gold hat on. You can be a full, the full-time nurse. With your sparkly hat on. Uh, for the older people, you might know what type of nurse, uh, she would be. But we won't go there. Uh, and also, Henry had two rockers. Two rockers. We need some rockers. Not, um, so, Keith, not, uh, not you, sorry, on, on guitar. Uh, <laughs> Maybe could I have, uh, Amy and Tan. Do you want to come up and be rockers? Come up again. Now on your way up, you've got to think about what do you think the rockers did? Yes, there we go. No, you were the nurse, Elise. You were, okay, anyway. So rockers, you rocked. Elise, you did your job. And, uh, whenever, whenever someone passed the cradle, even if Henry wasn't in it, whenever you pass the cradle, uh, gentlemen doff their hats and bows and ladies curtsy. So it could, maybe, could we all bow to the cradle? There we go. There we go. Great. Uh, I think you've done wonderfully well as Henry's attendant, so thank you very much. Come, come on your seat down. Alright, so that is what the birth of one king was like. According to this historical account, uh, the soon-to-be King Henry had servants, he had luxurious bedding, and people bowing to his cradle. But we're going to read another historical account of the birth of another king. Uh, this is the promised king that we've already heard about, and you might think that this king might come in a similar style, uh, but what was it actually like? Well, open up your booklet to the next reading. Julie, why don't you come up and read? Thank you. We've heard about it,
1: let's now sing about it.
0: Please stand. A seat Well, I don't know if you noticed through the reading and through that song that uh this birth was a little bit different to that of Henry VIII. We had Joseph and Mary in Bethlehem, which was described as the town of David. That works, doesn't it? He was going to sit on David's throne but instead of having servants and interconnecting rooms they were probably in a peasant's house and uh, there were two things that were there when the baby was born uh, grab your uh, grab your booklet have a look at that last paragraph uh can you see apart from the people that were there obviously can you see two things that were present at Jesus's birth anyone's See anything there? What was one thing that was present? Sorry? A cloth. Okay, we need a cloth. Can you say oh by the kitchen, a good place for a cloth. Yes. We grab a cloth. All right. Cloth to wrap the baby in. Anything else that was present? A manger, yes. Uh Lee, thank you, trusty assistant. Could you bring up uh the manger that was that's at the back of church? don't know how historically accurate it was, but uh, this will do for today. All right, so thank you, Lee. So we've got a manger and a cloth. A little bit different to what Henry VIII had at his birth. Here we have nothing very special, nothing particularly fancy, no servants attending, And if you read on in Luke's uh, account of Jesus, there are still people that bow down to him. This is still a king, but a very different king, wrapped in cloths, which uh, was just like any other baby, any other peasant baby of the day, and laid in a manger, for that was the only space available in the house. And so you see, Henry VIII... Think about it, when he was born and the circumstances in which he grew up, all of that, his birth indicated what he would have known all his life or learnt uh, as he grew. He'd know all about the privilege and the power of being king of England. And uh, if he grew up like that, I reckon you'd become pretty accustomed to having servants, doing whatever you wanted. But Jesus... King Jesus is going to be a very different kind of king because his birth indicates what type of king he will be. In that last carol uh, we sung, he came down from earth to heaven, who is God and Lord of all. So Jesus had had all the privilege and power of being the son of God. and yet He was willing to give that up. He was willing to give that up to become a person like us. A person laid in a manger. Jesus rejected a king's life of luxury and privilege and people attending to his every need. What an intriguing type of king. Now you may know a lot about Jesus, you may know only a little, but the more you get to know him through reading the Bible, the more intriguing you see that he is. He's not who we would expect. He's someone who claims to be the son of God and he demonstrates God's power in his actions. He shows that he is the promised king who will rule forever, yet he's born like a common peasant. How intriguing. Henry VIII was born to be served. He had servants around him from birth. But Jesus was very different. And actually Jesus explains his own actions a bit later on. In, uh, in his life when he's grown up, uh, the Bible records this, that what, what Jesus said, Jesus said, for even the son of man, it's Jesus' title for himself, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I don't know about you, but, uh, when, uh, when I think of someone who serves, I think of a butler or a maid, uh, Half of my heritage is in the Philippines and I've been over there uh, a few times and we, we had a maid. And it was very nice to be able to ask, could you get me a drink, please? Or could you open the gate for the car to drive through? That's just how, how things were, how things are. Uh, but Jesus was not that type of servant. He didn't take orders from anyone. He didn't do what people wanted But he was the ultimate servant. He did what people needed, what you and I need. And what we all need is a way back to God, a way for our lives to be seen as worthwhile by God, by the one who truly matters. Some of us might think that our lives are good enough, that'll be enough to get back to God, but... How can even the best of us have lives good enough for the God of the universe? It's just too much darkness in our hearts. But Jesus came back to be the way to God. And that's why the story of Christmas, that's what it's all about. Jesus has come to bring you back to God by serving us. And so if you have accepted Jesus as the way back to God, if your hope and trust are in him, then be reminded today that you have a king who has your best interests at heart. Know that you have a brother in Jesus that will never be your rival and rejoice that you have been brought back to God because Jesus has come in human flesh to save you. And if you haven't considered Jesus in a long time, why not use this Christmas to read for yourself of this king? What is he a king of? What is his rule like? What type of person was he? And why did Jesus ultimately give his life for us? Why not seek answers to these questions yourself? Uh, Up the back on the right-hand side, there's a uh, we've got a a full historical account of Jesus' life. We've been reading a little bit of it in our booklet. But this is a gift to you if you'd like it. Feel free to take one on your way out. Uh, read this Christmas of the intriguing person of Jesus, a promised King who was born of humble circumstances, who came not to be served but to serve, to serve. Well, let us now come before our Lord Jesus and pray to our Heavenly Father through Him. Uh, Mona's going to lead us. Thanks, Mona.